0: Listening to Carmen and Yurko live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio
1: on WMVP WSAT HD2 Chicago.
0: This is ESPN 1000, a good Karma Brands radio station.
2: Hope you're having a great day. Busy one again. White Sox officially announced Pedro Griffal as their new manager. We'll play some Rick Hahn here in about 10 minutes or so. We're also going to play McKnight at the movies. This hour at 1.35, we're going to Vegas. We'll talk to Todd Furman. Best plays for the weekend. We'll go over week nine in the NFL and a couple of big college games. Really, there's one that we got to spend a little time on, and that, of course, is the Tennessee-Georgia game from Athens. We're live in our old National Bank State Street studio. Hope everyone's having a great day. It's beautiful again. Bourbon and Bacon is tonight at Binney's. Hopefully, uh, we'll see you there if you scored a ticket and you're going as we raise money. Very important monies, Jericho, for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation of Greater Chicago. The eighth annual event and first time since 19 that we're back at Benny's because COVID uh, shut us down. We still did events. We did a virtual event in 2020. We did an outdoor event last year out in the suburbs. But it'll be great to be back at Benny's on Marcy Street later tonight. And if you can't make it but you'd still like to make a donation, please feel free. You can go to the website cffbourbonandbacon.com. C as in car, FF F, as in Frank Frank bourbon and it is that simple um yeah. CFF CFF bourbon and we got to get Paulie's picks in a little bit too Paulie cheesecake Pauling. is gonna wow us and dazzle us. how did you do, last week? Paulie do we last week remember
3: week uh I
1: I ended upstairs I, I know you've got
2: it written down I've got it written down upstairs yeah. he always remembers he keeps track yeah he does he picked he laid the lumber I think three times again last week Paulie yeah, likes playing yeah. he loves a, the he favorites. likes playing the favorites he likes loves,
0: the
1: wood he's, chalky very chalky he's chalky so
2: we were talking about Hill and Waddle. Right. Yurko gave you his ideas on a little wrinkle. Like, could it become too predictable as the game goes on? Maybe. But I like Yurko's wrinkle about what you do when they get those guys tight in those bunch formations near the end of the line of scrimmage. They get them kind of stacked on top of each other. They get those bunches and it, 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 they get these free releases and it's like they, just, they kill you because they're so fast. Again, Tyreek Hill, you know, sub-4, 340. I mean, he's he's world-class. Uh, Jalen Waddell, sub-4, sub, four, sub four, four, excuse me, 40. I mean, they've got so much speed. Uh, they both went over 100 yards receiving last week in Detroit. That's the third time already this year they've each gone over 100 in the same game. Three times already in eight tries. Tyreek Hill leads the NFL in catches and receiving yards. Waddle is third in the NFL in yards per target, minimum 25 targets, at 11.5 both are in the top ten in the NFL in yards after catch. I don't think that would surprise anybody. Hill and Waddle have combined for 16 catches of 20-plus yards already. The Bears have seven total. Seven total. Hill and Waddle have 16 as a tandem. And no wide receiver in the NFL has more targets against zone coverage this year than Tyreek Hill. Waddle has the sixth most targets versus zone. They're both in the top five in yards after catch. Again, zone coverages, and that's the fear sometimes, and why Jerko said he likes those bracket concepts. The fear sometimes is you're so worried about the speed and you're going to play zone, but then when they're in space, man, if you're not on them quick, if you're not sound in your technique, in your angles, if you're not tackling well, they're going to kill you. They just will. With their speed, they will absolutely yeah kill you. I mean, that's one thing you can, can do is button. discourage
1: them early, and it, really the bunch is the only place you could do it. Yeah. And, yeah, they like to get in there, and they just like to rub people off and confuse people in that little formation. They did it a ton in Detroit last And then what happens is you get so many people in a certain area, and if you're trying to follow somebody, you end up getting rubbed off by your own men. Mm. Friendly fire. Yeah, friendly fire. You end up crossing over, and you end up getting picked off by one of your own guys because he's got to play, too. And he's looking at something different than you're looking. And next thing you know, you guys run into each other. Unbelievable. That's why it works. That's um, why they
2: run it. You know, after the Bears got uh, destroyed on the ground earlier this year, you know, you, and you were on it those first couple of weeks, and you said there are adjustments to be made. There are things that can change. There's some coaching that can happen to fix it. And it looked like for a little while they were fixing it, York. When a team, you know, reconvenes and gets ready for another week of football after. What happened in Dallas last week, where Dallas had 155 rushing yards before contact. That's just a ridiculous number. It's the 11th most by a team in any game so far this season. The 5.34 yards before contact per carry average that Dallas averaged is the 8th most by a team in any single game this season. You know, there's been over 100 games already. We're halfway through the season. That's not good. What do they do? What are they reconvening to try to figure out, like, we have to be, is that gap integrity? Like, you you called it, not only, you said not only was it a scheme issue, but it was also a um, alignment issue. Alignment issue. Yeah.
1: Like, are they tweaking and those
2: things this week?
1: What, well, yeah, they're looking at them. Obviously, they're going to take a look and they're going to say, okay, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to be. I had described it one time to you that where I had my gap, hmm. right? I had my gap, but I was flowing too fast mm-hmm. and I created a chasm. That became a problem for our defense. That nobody on our defense was going to be able to take. Nobody could get that. Some guys started flying out. Remember, don't go anywhere fast. Right. That's one of my principles. That after you you learn when guys flying out and the ball's not flying out, it's not a toss play. Well, you can't go flying with it. You've got to maintain control, and then you've got to be able to throw a guy and get back. You know, to the ball. Discard. Remember. Discard. Engage. Separate. Discard. discard. That's it. So you've got to be able to do that. ESD principles, right? Don't go anywhere too fast because the ball's always going to come back to you. Mm. So that's what they're going to be talking about. Nothing worse than seeing a defensive lineman with a shoulder in there running, facing the sideline. Right. You can't right, see what dead. the hell's going on. The offensive lineman is chuckling underneath his breath because he knows he's got him. No. You're done. There's nothing you can do, right? Nothing. You just run and I'm going to run with you. I'm going to Velcro on you. Yeah. And you and I are going to just run. And let's have a good time together. You have no idea where the football's at. I'm going to get a double plus. You know, coach's going to look at the film. The offensive lineman goes, I get a double plus. You got to stand your ground. Stand your ground as a defensive player is what you have to do. Uh, another play last week, you took a look. They had a double team on the defensive end. The double team never had to go. And he never had to look for the linebacker oh, yeah. that was flowing over the top. Yeah. That was the 17-yard run that Eddie Jackson yeah. awkwardly made a tackle yeah. where he ducked his head, and if he does that more, he's going to end up getting hurt. Yeah. I'd suggest that you see what you hit. Mm-hmm. Keep the face mask up. Hit with your face mask, not with the crown of your head. Please. So he should be smart on that. But 17 yards, he was not touched till Eddie Jackson touched him. And if you look, he's running through a hole that's huge, huge. wide. Yeah, there were a lot of those, Yerk. And it was almost like they were out, oh man, like they, they were playing with 10 guys is what it felt yeah. like. On that play, you only had 10. Because somebody was doing something so wrong that they never had to leave the double team. That defensive head had no chance. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was watching uh, Orange Is the New Black. You know, I thought it was a prison movie I was watching. That's how much this guy was getting taken advantage of. Nice, Jericho.
2: Yeah. Kevin's in Mount Prospect uh, talking Bears on ESPN One Thousand. What up, Kev? Hey guys,
4: uh, thanks for taking my call. Full disclosure, I am a Dolphins fan. Oh boy. Uh, been a Dolphins fan my whole life I don't think that you're giving them enough uh respect seeing as how uh they beat the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills and and yet you're saying that Baltimore is a better team I don't understand how you can
5: say
1: that Baltimore's even. we said Baltimore's close Buffalo's better than you know so so we beat the San Francisco 49ers we're not better than the San Francisco 49ers You, you know
2: your team's not as good as Buffalo right
3: that
2: remains to be seen. <laughs> I love the optimism. I, yeah, Kevin, are, He's you got it. are you He's a, got it. are you a are you a Dolphins fan because of uh, one Dan Marino? Yes. Yes. That makes uh, sense.
6: Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day 1993
4: is the day that I became a Dolphins fan in the, in the snowball.
2: I love that you remember that oh, was a snowball.
1: There you go. I love it. It was that. against Dallas. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Leon Lett, that was, Leon Le- Le- was that the Leon Lett? That's Le- game? the Leon Lett game. Yeah. 100%. Who right, kicked so the, hey, who kicked now, the field goal? I'll,
0: I'll, who, who,
1: who kicked the field goal for the Dolphins?
2: Pete
0: Slayanovich. You got on. that right. University
2: of Indiana. <laughs> That's too easy. University I of know Indiana. Kicker questions that I know, you know it's yeah. too easy. Yeah. All right, so you think but, uh, uh, you think how's coming to I also, to, you know, I also, I also think that the
1: spread is is too sp- per-
2: too small. I think we're starting yeah, he he goes, started,
1: We started losing you there He's on the going phone. through an underpass.
2: I think he was saying he feels like the spread's a little it,
1: too The small. spread might be, you know, especially yeah. with the way Dallas started pouring on the points there. It might be too small. I think offensively the Bears aren't ready to score Mm-mm. 40 points yet. I
2: think they'd be tough if like they allow if they allow Miami to get out and yeah, I mean, like the Bears can't keep up with them
1: score for score. I I don't think the Bears I don't have think the they can. To do right. that,
2: I don't think the Bears have the offense to be able to score the way but the Miami Dolphins can score. I so. want to see
1: the replication of a performance again by Justin Fields. He's got two of them. Yeah, feel pretty good about the last two weeks. Let's feel good about his performance again.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's I taking a little
1: leadership role. You know, he's taking a, he's getting a grasp of the offense. He's he's. It looks like things are starting to work for him mentally. Where the game's slowing down. And he's being able to, okay, let's not panic in this situation. Something might come open, let me do the damage with my my, my arm yeah. and what I see, and then if not, I can go ahead and yeah. kill him with my legs. yeah. And in
2: fairness to Kevin and all the Dolphin fans, I do think their offense is pretty fun. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really good. Well,
1: you've pointed out how dangerous.
2: Yeah. And, and look, but they're still a, a bad two a hit away. You don't ever hope anything like that happens, but it's football, man. It's dangerous. They're a bad two a hit away from two and not playing again this year. And their defense is nowhere near as good as Buffalo's. Now, the Chubb thing, like, we'll see how much that helps. But Buffalo is completely dominating teams without blitzing. They're putting a massive amount of pressure on teams without blitzing. They barely blitz. Their front four is totally dominating right now. At some point, they're going to get Tredavious White back this year. They can't keep Jordan Poyer healthy. That's been a, tr- a struggle, and he's missed practice again this week. But that Buffalo team is better. And like you said, uh, the Bears beat the San Francisco 49ers. The Bears are by no stretch better than the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they're not. So wins and losses in the regular season uh, sometimes doesn't you know it doesn't tell the whole picture about who's really good, who's better, uh, who's worse. Matt's in Streamwood on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt?
3: Hey, Carm. Hey, Yurko. Thanks for taking my phone call. Once again,
6: congratulations on getting the Bears next year to Thank you guys. You. Thank you. Uh, can I you you Yurko, why is the secondary so much better this year, specifically Eddie Jackson and Kendall Vildor? They were atrocious last year, and they are performing way better each week than I can believe in that the defensive line, Yurko, is just not performing to the level where there's no strip sacks, there's no fumbles, there's no, you know, rushing the pad you know like there's nothing there's just nothing there in that well, defensive
1: line is it because you, you that- in essence removed your four starters last year exactly. they're not here anymore that, that's it matt so you're not playing with the guys that you had last year you're playing with some younger guys uh you're playing with uh you know 93 i like him as a player justin jones yeah i like i mean i like him as a player but he's not a keem hicks he's mm-hmm. just not and, and it's okay when Akeem keem hicks was healthy Akeem keem hicks is a dominant player so you're not getting the plow of your defensive line. You're not getting the pass rush out of your defensive line. I agree with that. Eddie Jackson, specifically in a triple-barreled question, Eddie Jackson is performing better because they're allowing him to be a center fielder, which is what he likes. He doesn't like to tackle. He doesn't yeah. want to be in the box. He doesn't want to have to face a fullback. Not a fullback, but a, a running back coming downhill where he's got to tackle. He likes to punch. He likes to be the second guy in punching the football out. Yep. Okay? But because he's playing center field, where he's more comfortable... He's been allowed to see the football and he's been able to take advantage of some wayward throws.
2: It also sounds like there's some just some things that are better in his personal life. It sounds like there was kind of tumultuous in the last year for Eddie and he just might be mentally in a better place and that's good. And uh, he's ball hawking again, which is, you know, that's that's how Eddie's going to thrive. Let's face it, because you just explained it. We know what he isn't. You know, he's not, he's never going to confuse any of us for, for, um, Bob Sanders or Troy Polamalu or any, you know, he, uh, the kid now, Hufanga, in San Francisco. He looks just like Troy Polamalu for crying out loud. Like, we know there's certain things that he's not going to be. Okay. But there's still some value in Eddie when he's doing this. When Eddie's ball hawking, man, he's got that nose for the football and he's taking the ball away. Like, yeah, it's just been a much better year. Is it Vildor, I don't know. I'm, I am i the the Bears might still need a lot of work at corner. You know, like, Vildor might just be a guy. You know, Jalen Johnson might just be kind of a guy. Kyler Gordon is young. And you've seen some progress. You've also seen him get torched at times. I mean, some of the numbers are not good for Kyler Gordon. But he's also a young player that's learning. You want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know what they have at corner, york I don't. Yeah. I. They might just have some guys right now. And that's something that's going to well, have to be upgraded they're in the young. coming years.
1: Well, they're young, first of all. A couple of those guys. Vildor... You know, he's improved a little bit, but it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. It doesn't look like he's a cream of the crop guy. Um, and Johnson just can't get picks. I mean, three years, three interceptions. Is that what it's going uh, with? Or three years, two interceptions? It might be three and two. Uh, is it because they're staying away from him? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't that. think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the I ball's,
2: ball's finding him a little bit. So All right. three two three seven seven six is the number. Uh, it is, um, Yurko, it's one
1: interception. In three, in three years, in three years, yeah, yeah. It's one pick. I mean, listen, in thirty-three games. Do you, do you know I got nine and a half sacks in in nine years, five and a half in one game. I wasn't a pass. They called me a, a run stopper. Okay, for a reason. Okay, when you don't get interceptions, you're not an interceptor as a defensive back. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to um, accidentally find your way to the football
2: sometimes, don't you? One, he's got one interception. Yeah. By accident
1: sometimes. Force
2: fumbles. Only two force fumbles, too. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We will play McKnight at the Movies coming up. Todd Furman at one thirty. More of your phone calls, 312-332-ESPN. We'll be right back.
0: Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. McKnight at the Movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko, only on ESPN Chicago.
2: We like to play every Thursday, McKnight at the movies. Yurko, you were gone last Thursday. He picked a doozy, and I got it, and the uh, second clue. What'd cable guy. Oh. Love cable guy. Is
1: that a repeat? I thought we did cable no. guy. No, no. I thought it was a repeat. I no. mean, I- Maybe we guessed Cable Guy and it was a different movie. Maybe. If I know Connor, That's what happened.
6: he definitely has like a Google Doc or a spreadsheet yeah. on everything he's yeah. done. I bet you. And he would not repeat yeah. I think
1: movies. what happened was, I think I guessed Cable Guy one time and it wasn't Cable, Cable Guy. Cable Guy. Yeah. Cable Guy. Yeah. There's yeah.
4: zero chance that Connor would...
5: Uh, yeah. Accidentally uh, give you I, I, a movie I, twice. I
1: think I partially explained it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I I think, think you that's it. I, yeah. I think I screwed that up. But yeah, no, it, it's. That's uh, the way.
5: I think Abdal and I are just
4: pointing to the amount of effort yeah. and care that Connor takes with this segment. So He's very and,
1: proud of it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And Connor uh, puts a great level yeah. of detail into he, putting these together. He receives a lot of compliments on it. Oh man, people love it. Did he you know that? Yeah, he does. Yeah. I mean, when he goes walking around, I mean, everybody loves his you know pre and post game work and his. His play-by-play stuff that he does. But nothing makes him prouder than when he hears the words, uh, hey, McKnight at the Movies, our scene special. opens.
2: Yeah, yeah our scene
1: opens. Like, how about something about the actors? Yeah, they just oh. walk up to him like, I mean, our scene <laughs> opens. How about something about the actors there?
2: It's awesome. People yeah, are coming right. up to him in restaurants yeah. saying, yeah. right, as the scene, scene opens.
1: opens. M- my uh, son Nico hasn't listened to my show in 20 years, but McNight at the Movies? He knows. He makes sure he's listening <laughs> for McNight at the it. Movies. I love
2: that. Uh, the winner gets a gift card to Melnati's, right Adam? That they do? $25 Lou Malnati's gift card. When you think you know it, 312-332-3776. First correct caller will win. Here is clue one. Our
5: scene opens on a man making a statement to the press. This is not a carefully worded, rehearsed, or even written statement. This is just off the cuff. Immediately we can tell this man isn't supposed to be dealing with reporters. He's just stuck with it right now. He's not doing a great job. And these reporters are clamoring. You know how the media gets. After a couple follow-up questions... These reporters erupt into a clamor. They will not be quieted. They will not be subdued except from off screen a voice. These reporters quiet down and the camera cuts to this unknown. It's about as dramatic and ridiculous an entrance as can be made into a scene. With a leap and a flourish, he stepped in to answer these heated questions all in a heavy accent. I know it. Right here.
2: That's yeah. it. I, I got, got you. it. <laughs> I got you. Anybody on Twitch know it yet? Uh, this might yes. be a world record <laughs> for the Twitchers to get this
1: one. Yeah, I, they it
3: one. Yeah. The, I think uh, they got the it. clip. Yeah, before
2: the clip. Yeah, yeah. 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 honestly, well, just uh, we context. We, it we saw it. We Let saw it in the Twitch chat yes. before uh, the the audio was played. I got it. I I, I love it because Oh my God, it's another great one. He's gone back to back home runs. All time great comedies. All right, here we go. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think Here, my, I'll play it.
1: My you want me to again, play it? Yeah, yeah. Actors, right. you play I got it. it. Give me something about Here's the actors. Here's number two. Number two.
5: Something about the actors. A bit on our actress, Yurko, you're right. The guy who'd been taking questions is in a ton of stuff, but you'd never know his name. He's known for either this role or maybe as the basketball coach of a supernatural furball. The de facto press secretary was being aided by a woman. No lines yet. She's the other lead in this film, though. Broke into the business in a music video, turned Uh into a huge TV star. Mm -hmm. This movie is probably her first legit shot on the big screen. The guy who just entered the scene, our main actor, is making his fourth appearance in this little bit some by happenstance this one no planned <laughs> uh, Yeah, now that you know it, course. it's just a layoff well, now it's a layoff is
2: right when he's describing the female lead in this movie yes one of the all-time greats on
5: uh on the screen on the tv screen all right final clue back to our scene this guy has emerged from nowhere to save the day in this scene and kind of in the movie overall he's got a gimmick for every occasion and zany as they might be he gets the job done on first glance you'd think he's crazy but he's actually highly intelligent despite his hairstyle choice and overall wardrobe he doesn't have an accent he's just putting one on these reporters are seeing through his act though And he's just trying to shoo them away with pure bravado. He's now resorted to insult and and animal noises to get them to go away. This is a preposterous movie, very much of its time. And it raises one of the big questions of the 90s. Who's worse at acting, Dan Marino or Brett Favre? (laughs) Well done, Connor. Um, All right,
2: back-to-back weeks with this actor, too. I Mm -hmm. think it's Matt in Snowflake. uh, Snowflake. No No mention of Snowflake. Snowflake. I love Snowflake. Matt in Polo. Where's Polo? Illinois, apparently. I don't know where Polo will, Where's Polo? Polo is right by Dixon. Right by Dixon. All right. Matt, what's that movie? It is Ace Ventura. It is Ace Ventura, buddy. Nicely done. Sit tight. We'll get you the gift card. Hopefully, you got a Melnati's near you. Uh, Matt is the winner. And it. we talked about it last week because he did a Jim Carrey movie. And we'll play the reveal in a second uh, because we did Cable Guy. Like, he became, and really because of this. I mean, he was, a, he was an obscure TV star, you know, from In Living Color, York and he was goofy and he was funny. And Fire, Fire Marshal Bill. Fire Marshal Frank, right? Was that? No, a, Fire Marshal uh, Bill. Fire Marshal Bill, yeah. Um, Fireman Frank was our old buddy, Fireman <laughs> Frank. Yes. Uh, so a $15 million budget, Ace Ventura, $107.2 million at the box office. That's how you catapult yourself into story. Right. We looked at, do you know, do we look last week as we were talking about the run he went on in the 90s? Do you know what Dumb and Dumber made?
1: Oh Yurko uh, Dumb and Dumber.
2: He made million. like two hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars. Which is crazy to <laughs> think crazy.
5: about.
6: Because well, remember that like in the nineties there were ideas for movies. There were like Dumb and Dumber was original. Ace Ventura was original. But the, if, if a movie even came close to that, even double what it w- was the the budget was to make a movie, we would have had in Dumb and Dumber two I know. In two years after Dumb and Dumber was made,
2: seventeen million dollar budget for Dumb and Dumber, two hundred and forty seven million dollars at the box office. And the other one we looked at was The Mask. He made like. That made like $300 million at the box office. So he just catapulted into this stardom. Let's listen to the reveal. Let's do it.
3: Uh, no, no is not available
0: right now. Not available. Roger been waiting all day. I got to get a shot of his new trick for the evening news.
3: What? Is he sick? How can
0: I be getting this work done with all the shouting? What's who is this shouting? Who the hell is that? That's a. Heinz Gitz Velvet! I am trainer of dolphins! You want to talk to the dolphin? You talk to me. What happened to the regular trainer? What happened to him? What happened to me? Seven years I'm with Big Freight. We are making the dolphins disappear, and then Roy is coming with the white tiger and the stuffing in the pants, and I'm gone. The stuffing in the pants.
3: Where is Snowflake?
0: Why do you care about the dolphin? Do you know him? Does he call you at home? Do you have a dorsal fin? To train the dolphin, you must think like the dolphin. You must be getting inside the dolphin's head and communicating. I'm saying to Snow okay, and he is saying, and he is up on the daily, and you can quote him.
3: All right, it's just about time for Coach Shula's press conference, so why don't I take you folks over that
1: way? (laughs) So
6: ridiculous.
2: Here's Snowflake. I got a little snack for you. The mask made $351 million on an $18 million budget. Like, insanity.
1: That, uh... The run he went on in, in, you know, now you got movies that make two hundred forty but two hundred forty million dollars budgets. I know. Well, the big all the action. Marvel, all the Marvel movies are like two hundred and fifty million to make, and they make a billion. Right? And it's not uh, even
6: real. Half yeah. of it's not even real. CGI. You had real Miami Dolphins in this movie. That's yes, right. They did, if it made baby. this today. Dan Marino would be all CGI. Roger Padapter didn't kill
1: himself. So, uh, he was America. Remember when he's at the Urinal and there's a couple big dudes there? Oh, the
6: whole montage of him trying to look at all the oh, rings it's awesome. is great. Awesome. He awesome. gets punched in the face. That, <laughs> that guy's that,
1: name that was at the bathroom that looks down at him is Jeff Uhlenhag. He played for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Is that right? Yeah, he was a center for uh he was the center for the Miami Dolphins at the time. He's the guy that took Dwight Stevenson's spot. He goes, never go, go, never easy to take Dwight Stevenson's good, spot. Good luck to yeah. you. He
6: dresses up as the kid to get the autograph awesome. signed. It's, it's such
1: it's a awesome. great movie. Who
2: is that? Who the hell is that?
1: That's Ray Finkel. Ray <laughs> so, Finkel.
2: I man. mean, it could just go. It's like, I haven't watched it in a while. I feel like just one night with an hour and a half. To, the problem is during football season, it's hard. But, like, you can just sit down and forget about all your worries and cares and just watch the ridiculousness that is Ace Ventura and laugh your ass off. The second one really stunk. But man, oh man, it it. it's oh, it pretty bad. But it is so—the original is so stupid and so good. <laughs> the scene when the rhino when he's the inside Rhino's the rhino is good. I'll <laughs> give the you that. going by. The scene in the rhino is pretty funny. That was kind of laugh out loud. That might have been the only one in the second one. When we come back, we'll go out to, uh, to Vegas talk about the big games of the weekend, including a huge college game between one and two, one versus two, Tennessee and Georgia. Todd Furman Georgia, uh, joins us next.
0: This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See
1: what
6: we're up to.
0: See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago.
2: Hope you're having a great Thursday. What a beautiful day. It's Carmen and Yurko live in our old National Bank State Street Studios. Time to go out to Vegas and get some of the best plays of the weekend. Talk about some of the biggest games, both college and pro. we got a huge college game to discuss. He joins us every week. Follow him on Twitter. He is at Todd Furman. And make sure you listen to the podcast with he and Payne Insider. The Bet the Board podcast, wherever you get your pods. Todd, how are you, buddy?
6: I'm doing well, and congrats, by the way, gentlemen, not for making it back from Dallas in one piece, but the big announcement with the Bears obviously moving to WMVP going forward. I just have one question selfishly. Does that mean I have to be a lot more careful in terms no. of what I say with scathing criticism uh, as it pertains to what's going on at Soldier Field on a week-in, week-out basis? We've been told we can still be critical, so the yes.
2: uh, the, the answer is absolutely yeah, not, You can good. do what you want, Mr. You know, Berman. I, the weird thing about the Bears right now, Todd, I, I, I and I, we were there, and I walked out of that building they lost by 20 and i was like oddly upbeat you know they, they they beat houston earlier this year and we're like oh my god the bears stink they should have, they should have lost to houston this is terrible they lose the dallas by 20 and i'm like hey that wasn't so bad um the offense is starting to show some signs of life they welcome the dolphins this weekend uh the total seems to be the thing that's moved most yes i mean maybe 44s and 45s and now you're looking at 45 and a half uh, in a lot of places, is that because of maybe the fact that the Bears have looked a little bit more functional the last couple of times they've been on the field on offense?
6: More to do with the weather than anything else, because initial forecasts early in the week, when that total was posted at 45.5, suggested that we could see a pretty windy soldier field. I know wind uh, is going to play a role in a lot of the college games come Saturday across Big Ten country. So that was the big concern. It's why the first move came in under. Once the forecast cleared up a little bit, you saw some over money enter. And that's actually the side that I would agree with. When you look at this, Miami Dolphins team offensively they can score and they can score quickly in optimal conditions I think they'll be able to take advantage of the likes of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell against that Bears secondary if the Bears can't get pressure on Tua but on the other side I think the Bears will be able to move the football against Miami this isn't a Dolphins team that does anything that wows you on that side granted they're a little bit more vulnerable in their secondary than they are up front but if they're not able to generate natural pressure or get Justin Fields off his spot I think there are a couple big plays there for the taking so assuming Assuming Mother Nature complies, Mm -hmm. uh, I think this game will be a little bit higher scoring than what we've seen from a lot of these Bears home games, and I'm very interested to see how quickly they can integrate a player like Chase Claypool into the mix. I question that trade a little bit. I get what the Bears were doing. I just thought they paid a big price to acquire a wide receiver that clearly they could have drafted somebody better, knowing that the Steelers picked George Pickens when he was still on the board when the Bears drafted in
2: the second round. That's the great debate right now. You're right. Uh, but real quick, last thing on that game, anything uh, in terms of the side? I mean, five's kind of no man's land in terms of the number. Anything there, or is that just let it be? And if you like anything, you just play the over.
6: You nailed it. It's kind of that no man's land that bookmakers go, you know what, we're going to see where betters take it. And honestly, they haven't taken it anywhere with four and a half, five, five and a half. We know if you get the move on the favorite, you can go to six and see if there's a resistance point. The same thing if you get down to four. If I'm looking at this game, knowing the Dolphins are playing their second straight game on the road and a little bit of unfamiliar surroundings, yeah. at 6, I could see making a value bet on the Bears, mainly because they can run the ball, they can shorten the game, and we saw them against Dallas really equip themselves, to your point, Carm, a lot better than that final score indicated. Yeah. I just hope they realize that it's not the college rules that when a player's down on the ground, <laughs> just make sure you touch him down instead of letting him get up and take it the other way for 6. Todd, so, it was
1: great seeing it at Caesars Palace. We're at Nobu. We had a cocktail I, to it was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm glad it. you enjoyed. I enjoyed. I stay in the NFC North in Detroit, Green Bay. Looks like a team that's ready to fall apart up there. Mm-hmm. They're giving three points to Detroit at home. The dog at home, does it get the bone? <laughs>
6: You know, always good catching up, Yerk. And I think, you know, this coming March of 2023, we're close to celebrating our 20-year anniversary right. since we made our first introduction. The longest relationship I've ever been in, amazing. you know, with a media personality. So that. that's rarefied air there, Yerk. 20 glorious when you look years. At the Gre- <laughs> what did you say? 20 glorious years. It's amazing. Uh, exactly right. When you look at the matchup, though, In the Motor City this weekend between Green Bay and Detroit, I have some real concerns about the Lions and how they bounce back from what was a pretty apathetic second half against the Dolphins defense. They should have been able to continue piling on the points. You mentioned Green Bay potentially falling apart at the seams, and I'm sure it didn't sit well with Aaron Rodgers or anybody in that offensive room about their lack of ability to land a difference maker at the deadline. But I think Green Bay defensively can fare quite well against the Lions team that will most likely be without DeAndre Swift. We know he's still nicked up, very limited workload last weekend. And when you look at Green Bay, to their credit, even in the losing effort against Buffalo, they remembered who their most dynamic playmaker was, and that, of course, is Aaron Jones. Whether it's on the ground or through the air, get him his touches. I think these young receivers will benefit immensely against this Lions secondary. Yeah. Not a game I've bet, uh, but I'd be much more inclined to lay the points here with the favorite than I would be to back the
2: home underdog. Lion defense right now is bad, bad, bad. Todd Furman's our guest uh, from the Bet the Board podcast. Follow Todd on Twitter. He is at Todd Furman. Not a ton of great NFL games. A lot of buys. Uh, six teams on buy this week. Let's get down to the... The main course. I mean, I think it's going to be Saturday, guys. Tennessee, Georgia? I think it's Tennessee, Georgia. You guys did a very deep dive uh, on the college pod on this. I'm going to cherry pick my data here a little bit. I I admit I am doing that. But let's throw the Oregon game out. We know Oregon's turned out to be a very good-looking team, a very (laughs) good-looking offense. I am cherry picking, but I'm going to throw it out. The other six FBS schools that Georgia has faced this year have an average ranking of 96th in the country, in both drive efficiency and touchdown rate, have, I guess it's a long way of me saying to be laying eight points against a team as good offensively as Tennessee. Like, is Georgia's defense good enough to cover that number right now, Todd?
6: You mentioned Georgia's resume, and look, there's no way to sugarcoat that that resume leaves a lot to be desired other than the season opener, that at the time, it wasn't the same Oregon team that we've seen since Dan Lanning, Bo Nix, and company have really figured things out up there in Eugene. So as far as trying to assess these two teams as they're currently constructed, I think we know what Tennessee is, both offensively and defensively. There are questions about the secondary. A lot of those get masked because how quickly they score. You look at Tennessee and what they've been able to do, even without their key cog offensively in Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt has emerged as a bona fide number one, and getting Tillman back in the fold last week, even in a limited role, is going to pay dividends going forward as the limitations start to wear off a little bit with the type of surgery he's gone through. The biggest concern that I have for Tennessee here, it boils down to the number. I haven't bet Georgia in this game, but I made this number more in that 10.5 range. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Tennessee, it was only a few weeks ago, guys, where they were catching 9, 9.5 in their own building against Alabama. And here they are on the road catching a shorter number. Now, I know things change. Tennessee has gone out there and exceeded oddsmakers' expectations, not only in that Alabama game winning outright, but last week in arguably one of the more dominant performances we saw. And full disclosure, I grabbed a little bit of Kentucky at 13, was able to throw that ticket out before we even got to <laughs> halftime. When you look at Georgia offensively, let's see what they haven't put on tape just yet. Stetson Bennett wasn't great last week against Florida. Didn't have to be in that 42-20 win. Dewan Edwards has emerged as a true number one. I think George will have success running the football. And if Tennessee is forced to play from behind, yes, they have the playmakers, but let's see when they're put behind the eight ball a bit. This is a game that I'm going to be fascinated to watch, and I think we'll get an indication early on who the right side is. The one thing that comes with a caveat here, books have told me they're comfortable taking the liability that they have now that's starting to accumulate on Tennessee, plus the points and also on the money line. If the betting trends continue the way that they've gone throughout the course of the week, this may end up being the single largest decision for the house that you'll see during the college football regular season needing Georgia to win and cover this number.
2: I always like being on the side of the house then, so maybe I will fire away on Georgia at some point. That'll be interesting to track. The night game then, too, is another potentially very good one. Uh, Bama-LSU, could be it's tough for teams going into Baton Rouge at night. You know, a big rivalry game. Both teams uh, extra time to prepare. And LSU as a double-digit underdog at home in Death Valley at night. Uh, I know Nick Saban has really gotten the better of Brian Kelly in the two previous times they've met when Brian Kelly was uh, here in South Bend. But what's the handicap here for Bama and LSU? And is that uh, too rich for a Tiger team that is starting to figure some things out here?
6: Very difficult environment, to your point. And when you look at how Alabama has played on the road in hostile territory, they've taken penalties, and they've taken penalties in bunches, in road trips to Austin where they had to outlast the Longhorns, and a game where they came up just short uh, on the road against the Tennessee Volunteers. But to Nick Saban's credit, you know he didn't hold back on Monday during his press conference talking about how this team needs to be a little bit more diverse offensively with the way they established the ground game, which leads me to believe that he thinks his offensive line can take advantage of an LSU defense that while they have difference makers, specifically at the linebacker position, they haven't been great from an expected points-added standpoint throughout the course of the year. Now, on the other side of the ball, Jaden Daniels reminding us why he was such a prized prospect when he landed in Tempe, and probably more an indictment the season he put on the books last year of Herm Edwards' staff than anything else, when you look at what Daniels has done, both as a runner and a thrower here. The problem I have and the main concern with LSU is along that offensive line. It's talented, but it's somewhat inexperienced. And while it's not apples to apples when you look at how they played against Tennessee, that moment appeared to be too big for them, and I wonder how the trench warfare ends up playing out here. Given Saban's comments and concerns that I have about LSU on the offensive line, I'm going to look to go under the total instead. I think that's a more compelling angle at 56.5 to root against points than it is to tangle with either side with this number hovering right around two touchdowns.
2: Sounds good. Any other best plays you want to give out for the weekend, Todd?
6: Yeah, one game is on the move this morning. I still encourage people to go check out the Bet the Board podcast for all things we did in the NFL. Not the most attractive slate, uh, but the Washington Commander still available at 3.5 if you shop around. I think this number continues to trend down. Uh, I think you get Minnesota at the perfect time, and as much as I love the Vikings and the regression we've seen this year as someone that's invested in their win total, I think they're overvalued now, and Washington defensively could have some success in the trenches. Two games in college. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas. This number's been on the move this morning. Plus one and a half down to pick 'em. though. You don't lose a whole heck of a lot of value. I'm working under the assumption that we get Jaden Daniels back for Kansas, and I don't think we're going to see Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State. The other thing coming out of Lawrence, they understand how difficult their schedule is going forward. They've had this game circled to get to that elusive sixth win amid the three-game losing streak. I think you get Kansas' best effort of the season here, even after Oklahoma State was embarrassed. And we'll stick with the local boys. UNLV will get their starting quarterback and Doug Brumfield back for their trip to San Diego State. This team will look a lot different than they have over the last three games. I also wonder if the Aztecs can regroup, even with Mountain West bragging rights on the line here and a chance to get to conference championship, given the unfortunate circumstances in the waning moments last week against Fresno. And gentlemen, more importantly, let's hope that we get a little lady luck smiling on us Losing that Carolina first half, gut wrenching, oh. and then missing Texas A and M by a point. <sighs> Thankfully, uh, we were able to get Michigan State home by the slimmest of margins.
2: Michigan ago. State just barely by the skin of our teeth. That's the way it goes sometimes. Todd, have a great weekend. Awesome stuff as always. We'll talk to you next Thursday.
6: Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Best of luck with your picks and enjoy the games this weekend.
2: See you, buddy. There's Todd Furman, the Bet the Board podcast at Todd Furman on Twitter. What did Rick Hahn have to say about the new manager? Oh, he was gushing. You'll hear some of it coming up next.
0: Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom. zoom, zoom, zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Boston coming at you. WMVP.
2: ESPN Chicago, the ESPN Chicago app. It's Carmen and Yurko. What's the
1: post on this one? Yeah, have to talk right up to, to the post. I well, need to
2: see the countdown. You'd have to yeah. set the countdown clock. So I you know. Can.
1: Pros just feel
2: it. Yeah, pros. a lot what of is, the pros do. Damn, Chris.
4: Ouch. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, you just you got feel it. You got
6: to know when on, it's coming. We, going. we, we yeah. have the
4: song in the night each night. I don't. Yeah, sure, I don't you know. You guys this. do
6: a good job. Of it's that. not really a. It's a. It's a. Can you count to eight? You type just feel it. You guys go one,
2: two,
4: two, two three, four. You guys got a sense for
2: it. No, no. I like it. I like it. Let's listen to Rick Hahn a little bit. Speaking of uh, liking things, I mean, he likes his new manager. Wow. Gushing over Pedro Griefall. So here is Rick Hahn, just a portion of the press conference from earlier. Today is the White Sox officially named their new manager.
4: Today's a pretty exciting day around here. Uh, you may see me smiling a little bit more than you have over the past year and gushing a little bit more over the, than I have in the past year. and. It's because it's a little difficult for me to contain the excitement that many of us feel mm-hmm. uh, being able to present to you all Pedro Grafal as our new manager. I think as a organization and as a baseball department, Jerry, Kenny, myself, uh, we're very proud of the the process that led us to Pedro. Uh, it was a exhaustive uh, and expansive search. Uh, we've heard me make mention before to our lists in a drawer of potential candidates that we pull out when there is an opening. I think that initial list for manager had about 22 or 24 names on it. Uh, As we started to hear from other people uh, in the organization and outside the organization, friends of the program, that list swelled to about 30. Uh, We did due diligence on, dug into just about all of them and ultimately uh, selected eight to sit down with for first-round interviews. Uh, those eight were from seven different organizations, uh, including the White Sox, uh, throughout baseball. Uh, those first-round interviews involved myself, uh, Chris Getz, Jeremy Haber, and Daniel Zion, all of who are, are present today, and appreciate the, the work and effort that our department was able to put into this. Uh, ultimately, Kenny and I sat down with a few candidates. Uh, and after that there was a final round involving finalists with jerry kenny and myself in arizona uh i will say and i'll, I'll get to this in a, in a moment a little bit more about why pedro uh, but pedro was actually the the second of the eight that we sat down with and it, from about a mo- uh, an hour into the our conversation; it became very clear that the the bar had been risen, uh, and that the rest of the group that we were going to be meeting with over the course of the following week or ten days uh, had a high standard to meet based on what Pedro uh, presented that day. I think at the end of actually our first meeting, I, I said to him uh, something to the effect that I. Uh, I know, obviously, you've been working towards becoming a big league manager for the last twenty years or so, and uh, I can't imagine that not happening here in the not too distant future, whether it's with us or somebody else. Uh, and we were very fortunate that it wound up being with us in the end.
2: I mean, wow! Go, uh, now let's play when Tony La Russa got hired. I mean, Today's he's a pretty. Today's
4: a. Listen
2: to his voice. Yeah. Last is a
4: pretty was, exciting day. There or.
2: was no search. There was no let's write down the names. There's nothing like this together. It's just, now. this is who you're hiring, Tony oh. Larissa. I'm going to write an old wrong. We're bringing Tony back.
1: Tony's oh back. Oh,
2: my God. I mean, I hope it works for Rick's sake and for the White Sox. the White well, Sox, for the White Sox and I love yeah. the White Sox, and I hope this guy is everything they think, everything yeah. they hope, everything they imagine. So it key. sounds like he wowed them in the interview yeah. process. And I'm Joe is gushing over it. the process. All that right, we have. very good Good for you, Andrew's and Elgin on ESPN One Thousand. What's up, Andrew?
3: Hey guys, just want to say hope you're having a great day. Thanks for taking my call. You got
2: it.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the uh, the. Ho- Please answer two of my uh, comments, uh, Jose Abreu. You know, like, you know, he's been with the Sox for so long, you know, and he's he's done a great job, and he, you know, he's a great hitter still, you know, he's not hitting the bombs anymore, but he's still a stud, you know, and I, I just want to, I don't understand what happened in sports with the, the loyalty factor, I know it's a, a business and everything, but you know, Kobe, stay with his team. Duncan, stay with his team. You know, like, baseball. I don't, you know, like, stay with your team. Like, honor him, you know? But so then mean, the other yeah. thing I wanted you, to comment what's on. More,
2: what's more important, honoring him or winning baseball games? I, I mean, they got... I,
3: I realize that, but he's not a
2: bad player, right, he's Carmen? Not. No, he's certainly he's not. But he's 35, maybe more like 37, to be quite honest. And they got all the. I, I mean, at what How much longer do you keep running out, Jose Abreu? Why? Why wait? Until he, wait for until the he doesn't put up the number. No, but that's a mistake. You don't sell low. You you get. Re, but you, you don't, understand where I'm coming from, right? No, unfortunately, I don't, Andrew. Okay, I wouldn't. have let right, well, him okay. the last time, and I know we won an MVP award. Can I ask you
3: about them, but... the bourbon and bacon, please? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you. Uh, it sounds like a fun time, uh, and you're a big whiskey lover. Yes. Uh, can you just kind of tell me, like, how the night goes and, like, are you going to get an Uber home or, like, yes. no, like how does it go? Just let me know how it goes. I hope you guys have fun.
1: We'll have a blast, yeah. and I will be Uber. No, I, so guys are the Uber I did home. not drive. To Carmen's home, yeah. the bourbon guy, and Carmen loves bourbon. Yeah. I like bourbon also. Yes, you do. But I'm not a connoisseur. The connoisseur is Carmen. I mean, he, he noses that thing, and it's like, boom. He's got a, a taste profile that I can... I envy. The wow. one thing I did note the last time we're at Few Whiskey, Carm Yeah. Is the cherry. Yeah. You and I we, we dominated pin- that cherry note. We uh, we, did. we were like lockstep man when and we were pretty, pretty the good there. I, I had yeah. to learn because it didn't come naturally to me. You're I, you're I had feral. to learn.
2: You're learning you've learned well, young Padawan.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh,
2: tell Paulie call back tomorrow cuz we're uh, out of time. We want to get Paulie's picks in tomorrow. We'll do Paulie cheesecake. You sure? Yeah, cuz we got we only got like 30 So We can't talk to Paulie. You Pauly know, how busy.
1: Paulie has got volleyball tonight. All right, all right. Come we're, on, Paulie. Pauly, right, what, what, what
2: are the picks real quick, buddy?
3: Dolphins over Bears. And I'm working tomorrow. I won't have time.
1: All right. Yeah. So okay, Dolphins, go ahead. Dolphins, Dolphins over Bears
2: 5. What else? The,
3: the Bengals over the Panthers, to bounce back. Okay. Okay. And I want and I want uh, the game tonight, Eagles over Texans. You're going to
1: lay, you're gonna gonna lay, gonna lay, lay the, the wood. wood. You're, you love laying the wood. How'd you do last week? Yes, I do. How'd you do last week, Paulie? Two and one. Two and one for Paul All right, and You're yeah. laying
2: 13 and a half tonight. You're cool with that? Yes, I am. All right. And then you're laying seven with the Dolphins. I'm sorry. You're laying seven with the Bengals and five with the Dolphins. You're laying some yes, big I numbers. Am. All right, buddy. All right, good luck with the cheese, right, Paulie. Call us next week. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. Okay. There you go, Bye. everybody. Bye. Yeah, Paulie's picks. He's working. I think Paulie, uh, what do you go? He went. To, he's had a winning week two of the last three yeah, weeks. Yeah, two, two and one. Yeah. He's hot. Paulie's okay. picks. He loves to lay that wood, man. You better believe it. You got that right. We'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie yeah. coming up. And he and likes it. to make picks. And he likes to make cheesecake. Rick Khan has the final word brought to you by Bath
0: Planet. Carmen and Yorko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? Had to open up your mouth. Today's final word, to last word on Carmen and Yuriko. Today's a pretty exciting day
4: around here. Uh, you may see me smiling a little bit more than you have over the past year and gushing a little bit more over the, than I have in the past year, and that's because it's a little difficult for me to contain the excitement that many of us feel.